Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Summer All-Star Series of football games got underway in Montana over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In the six-man All-Star game played in Custer, Ashton Hobbs of Freud Lake caught a touchdown pass from Chance Goltz with 18 seconds left to secure a 34-28 victory for the blue team over the red team in the 26th edition of the game. Hobbs, who helped lead Freud Lake to consecutive Class C six-man championships and 24 straight wins overall, was part of the blue team featuring two of his former teammates in Connor Huff and Brent but the blue team fell down 22-0 for rallying all the way back. Hobbs scored a nine-yard touchdown in the third quarter, cut the lead to 28-26, and then caught what proved to be the game-winning score with just seconds remaining. Missoula Sentinel has more movement in its coaching ranks. After leading the Spartan boys to a third straight Class AA state championship, Craig Mettler has resigned from his position to take an administrative role at the school. Mettler led the Spartans to a total of six track and field championships, earning three each, all since 2018, on both the girls' and boys' sides. And finally, the Missoula Paddleheads snapped a four-game losing streak and jumped back into the North Division race with an 8-4 win over frontrunner Great Falls at Oregon Park Allegiance Field. Missoula has the next two days off before embarking on a road trip to Billings. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Montana. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe the ESPN Montana app. Go get the app if you don't got it. It's a great way to follow along with all the things we got going here at ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuana's coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Missed anything in the first hour of the show is the Montana Football Hour. We talked some FCS football, some Big Sky Conference questions, give you an update on some of the high school all-star games here in the state of Montana. The eight-man and the six-man all-star games played out over the weekend. And uh, we also talked about some Big Sky guys in the NFL and talked about the validity of pro football in the state of Montana. All of that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as the Advocates. Here's a stat for you. The trio of Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green 
has now won 18 finals games together. That's one shy of matching the most by any all-NBA trio in the last 50 seasons. Which NBA trio has won more uh, finals games than the Golden State Warriors trio of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green? Do you know? Oh, man. Uh... You're going to know as soon as I say it. Is it like Magic, James Worthy? Oh, it's the Bulls? It's not the Bulls. Uh, Is it the, I don't know, is it the Super Friends Heat? It is the San Antonio Spurs Mm. trio of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. Good one. Interesting, because it's funny, because the uh, the Warriors, that trio actually probably could have blown this record completely out of the water if any of the three of them had been healthy at a combination of times. Because, I mean, because Clay Thompson missed... Time in a finals when they won, right? I don't know when, when they, they lost. lost. When they that lost. was the right, Toronto right. series, and I'm not right. sure if they won a game when he was out that's right. after he left. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Full too. Okay, well, uh, we're gonna come back to the NBA. the uh, The series is tied one to one, a unlikely victory by Boston in Oakland in Game One, but then a resounding victory last night uh, by the Golden State Warriors. They uh, absolutely responded. They had to have it. They absolutely could not go down 0-2 on their home court heading back to Boston. Um, But it was an impressive game. Sunday, 107-88, the Warriors won. The next finals game is uh, upcoming on, uh, what is it, Tuesday? Is that correct? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay, sorry. I had it on my schedule here, and then it was giving me blanks. That's right. Wednesday, 7 p.m. You can find the game. Uh, on ABC. We're going to play a little NBA blindside, but first I wanted to talk a couple more things about the Big Sky Conference. I don't know why I hadn't mentioned this before because I had definitely uh, had uh, <laughs> conversations with people with exclamation, parks, exclamation points excuse me, in those conversations uh, about this. Elijah Dotson, who, when he was a sophomore for Sacramento State in 2019... I guess it would have been, no, excuse me, 2018. First year of Bobby Houck back at the helm for the Grizzlies. Elijah Dotson came into Washington Grizzly Stadium and rushed for 230, maybe 235 yards. It was one of the most yards ever rushed for by a visiting opponent against the Grizzlies in Missoula. The Grizz ended up pulling that game out, but they needed 208 yards rushing from Dalton Sneed. Uh, A crazy fake toss play that they ran for multiple long touchdowns that they've really never run that play again since then. But they needed all the effort they could to beat that SAC team. But at that moment, Elijah Dotson absolutely had uh, an inside track, if not was one of, if not the leading candidate as the uh, for the title of best running back in the Big Sky Conference. Well, now the league has been really good at the running back position the last couple years. Marcus Knight for the Grizz not being in the mix last year was definitely a hit to the position. But there's also... Guys like Isaiah Fonse at Montana State, Alonzo Gilliam at UC Davis. But Adotson was certainly one of the elite guys. Well, then last in the first year under or I get the first year under Troy Taylor 2019, Dotson became sort of a, a dual threat running back. He became a uh, Christian McCaffrey type that catches a ton of passes out of the backfield and uh, also got some carries out of the backfield too, but he was also splitting some time there with B.J. Perkinson uh, at the tailback spot, and he was more like the third down back. And then last year, he basically fell completely out of favor and hardly played, and then after the fourth game of the year, after he had played in four games, he decided to to shut it down so he could maintain his redshirt year. He entered the NCAA transfer portal. Well, that's all to say that I didn't know where he was going to go, but I didn't think it was Northern Colorado. (laughs) I thought that was way down on the list. The kid's really good. He's really talented. He's really fast. He's a former, you know, state placer in the California uh, State Championship track meet in the 100 meters. So he's like legitimately, you know, elite fast. And and, uh, of all the places I thought he could have got, Northern Colorado was definitely not one of them. But that's a good coup for Ed McCaffrey for sure. And I think it's a good landing spot for Elijah Dotson. I think the thing that uh, needs to be mentioned with Elijah Dotson, he, he, he can be really good. We don't know what, what kind of shape he's going to be in. We don't know what kind of shape his head is in. Uh, coming into this year after the way he left. Uh, But, yeah, I think really interesting fit there for Northern Colorado. This ties into something that we were talking about in the first hour. I think as far as my underappreciated storyline in the Big Sky Conference right now, 
it's it's going to be about the second year head coaches. Interesting. Because you get all the press coming in your first year. Yes. And you see that this year. I mean, we've talked about Jason Eck at Idaho on this show. For sure. We've talked about Charlie Ragle at Idaho State on this show, not under the best circumstances, but we've talked about that program with him coming in. For sure. We haven't talked a lot about, and, and Brent Vegan's sort of in his own category. For sure. But I'm really interested to see what Ed McCaffrey at Northern Colorado and Bo Baldwin at Cal Poly Absolutely. are going to do in their second years because the second year is so big for a coach. I mean, you come in the first year, you have – all the good vibes. I mean, you're you're spending time with the players for the. You're not, you also have a bag full, a grab bag full of excuses. Right. And coaches like to say they don't like they don't. You know, uh, it's not your make, roster. Make excuses, but like, if you come in year one and and you struggle, you just say, "Well, we're just not where we need to be talent wise." You can just say it over and over again, like almost every first year head coach does if they don't, you know, have a great first year. Right. It's not their roster. It's it's not their staff in a lot of cases. They're they're still putting their stamp on the program. But that second year, I mean, it's it's a lot different. It really shows. I mean, there are a lot of variables that can sort of color your record in the first year, whether it is whether you don't have the right fit for your roster, which I think is going to be a huge thing for Bo Baldwin, obviously, at Cal Poly. If you don't have the right roster for your scheme or you're riding high on just like you know, the vibes of bringing in a new guy and, and switching up. If you're a player's coach coming in after a disciplinarian, For sure. sometimes that gives you a bump in the first year. Second year, a lot, of, a lot of that, almost all of it stripped away. You just are what you are. And that's why I totally agree with you about the second year head coaches. Um, especially the ones you named Bo Baldwin's are a really interesting one for sure at Cal Poly, uh, because when he had it rolling at Eastern, they were Eastern Washington. They were as good as anybody in the league. Not only at that moment, but they're as good as anybody in the league has been. Uh, I mean, they they their best teams at Eastern Washington or Bo Baldwin were were the only teams that really rivaled the Grizz in the Big Sky Conference over the last 25 years in terms of how many great players that they had. So if Bo Baldwin can get it rolling uh, at Cal Poly, that would be impressive. The other guy, though, I'm uh, so interested about because he has so much... There's so much reverence for him amongst the Big Sky Conference coaches. They all talk about how good of a coach he is. He was all the way down the wire, one of the top three guys at Montana State, and then he ends up at Northern Arizona. I know that there's so much uh, noise and so much uh, vitriol directed at the recruiting rankings for FCS teams because the Montana schools recruit so many Montana guys that aren't ranked by any recruiting service. So that's always the biggest point of contention. But if you do believe a lot of the hype, Northern Arizona's had one of the better or one of the best recruiting classes in the country a couple years in a row. They went from four and eight to five and six. They won four league games last year. They have the freshman of the year in the league in the quarterback. I can't remember his name. RJ Martinez. Martinez. That's right. RJ Martinez. And uh, I don't know. Uh, NAU being relevant is important for the league, in my opinion, because it can alter the league race so much because it's such a hard place to get to. It's such a hard place to play. There's such weird things that happen at 7,200 feet uh, altitude. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in Northern Arizona as well. Yeah, and if you believe the hype, they might have a couple of the foundational pieces, not just with R.J. Martinez, uh, but with the running back, Kevin Daniels, who went for who was also an outstanding freshman a year ago. 1,100 yards and, and seven touchdowns, over 100, sure. over 100 yards a game in his 10 games. I mean, Martinez is a dual-threat guy, and, and he seemed to be, get better as the year went on. They're interesting this year. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. We are talking about... Uh, Big Sky Conference football because the Athlon Sports quote-unquote poll, Craig Haley's preseason rankings, out. Five teams from the Big Sky ranked in the top 15, including Montana at number three, Montana State at number four, and Sacramento State at number six. Uh, Also have um, Weber State at number 13, Eastern Washington at number 15 as well uh, in the poll. We're going to come back to the scheduling stuff because I actually want to uh, hash that out a little bit more, but I was looking at the schedules for both the Cats and the Grizz, and uh, when you really think it out and think about the, the the paths they have, they have some tough games leading up to when they play each other at the end of the season. So uh, maybe we'll do that uh, later on this week. I also mentioned Alonzo Gilliam as one of those guys that's sort of in the mix for that title of best running backs in the league of UC Davis. Gilliam rushed for like 3,500 yards and also had uh, thousands of yards receiving during his time at Davis, and then he entered the transfer portal this offseason. Well, he's out of the transfer portal. He's coming back to UC Davis. So that's a, that's a boost to the Aggies. 
And that's a boost uh, to the league as well. So that's your uh, your last Big Sky note uh, for the day. Before we get into some NBA, how about $200 million? I, I got golf on my brain because I've been playing golf, it seems like, since last Thursday. Didn't play very well the last uh, probably 27 holes. Just sort of tired. It's hard when it's just so cold and rainy and clubs slip in and your ears are freezing. But we were talking about golf. We were talking about this incredibly controversial new tour that's popped up, the Live Tour. And today, Phil Mickelson broke his silence after he has been uh, radio silent for a couple months now. Phil Mickelson fell in some hot water for some uh, notorious comments about this Live League and the people that fund it. Uh, He was talking about the Saudis, uh, that uh, a lot of the controversy behind where some of this money that is funding this league is coming from. But make no mistake, this is going to be an, an ultimate disruptor for the PGA Tour because of the the differences between the PGA and what this new tour is going to be. Instead of four-day tournaments, they're offering three-day tournaments with no cuts. That's more opportunity for golfers to make money. It's also one less day of wear and tear on your body. It's also one less day of travel, all of those things. They also are offering $25 million purses for almost every single tournament. That's double what the majors are offering right now on the PGA Tour, and they're also offering these enormous contracts, and that's where the $200 million came from because Phil Mickelson broke his silence today, said he was joining the Live Tour, which basically means he is officially out of the PGA Tour. He is going to be blackballed out of the PGA, although I believe he still can play in the majors that he's previously qualified for, which includes the Masters. You get a lifetime exemption if you win the Masters. He's won the Masters. You get a lifetime exemption at the PGA Championship. He won that last year, so he gets that. And he also has won the U.S. Open. So I believe he's exempt into three of the four majors already. But that number was striking. There was also rumors that were reporting that Tiger Woods was offered, quote-unquote, nine figures. So you're talking oh, for sure at least in the $100 million range, but probably you think if Phil's getting 200 what are they offering Tiger? Three? Four, five. I mean, it's a billion-dollar acquisition if you get him. So uh, unbelievable. I just can't believe that the, the money that's getting thrown around, and I just can't wait to see how much this disrupts it. I know that there's the whole part about this that is sort of disturbing for how this thing is funded, but I, I think that just having a disruptor is going to just be at the very least fascinating to follow. It'll be interesting to see it play out. Did you read the big article on on Greg Norman sort of uh, about this? He's a spear. He's spearheading this league, right? He, he's, he's basically sort of the, the middleman between right. the Saudis and the the wider golf world. Or he's the figurehead. Uh, and there was a big article in the Washington Post about him and how that makes sense with his career and sort of the way that he carries himself. And he's the he's the guy who's putting a lot on the line here. He's making a ton of money. But it's his name on the front of everything, and it's just, right. um, you know, he he's lost his relationship with with Jack Nicholas, who was like a father figure to him over it. But it, I mean, Greg Norman, man, the shark, he just keeps swimming forward. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so so that was an interesting article. I think it'll be interesting in part because the PGA Tour is taking such a hard line. Right. On this saying, you know, we're not going to let you pick and choose. We're not even going to let you try this other tour out to see if you like it. I think because they know that they'll lose if it goes that way. PGA Tour is saying if you play on this tour, you're not playing in the PGA. Now, I don't know how it works for the majors. I think that if the PGA wants to kick Phil Mickelson out of the PGA championship, they can do that regardless of whether he's won in the past or not, right? Because he run, they run it. Right. But the thing is that the PGA doesn't run the U.S. Open, right? That's right. The USGA, USGA does. does. That's right. Does it, the PGA doesn't run the British Open. Nope. The, the European Tour does, right? That's right. That's interesting, too. Good point. I, I assume that the PGA can bar players from, I think, the Masters and, of course, the PGA Championship. Right. I don't think they have control over the other two majors. So you could play on this the Saudi Golf Tour and t- still take your shot at two majors. And I think that's sort of the hammer of, of uh, you know, hanging over people's heads. Nobody cares if you win the Western Open. Right. Nobody cares if you win whatever the Phoenix Waste Management Open. Yep. You win money from winning those tournaments. Doesn't matter for your career, right? True. Doesn't matter for your legacy. The majors are what matters. For sure. 
And if the PGA could ban players from playing in the majors, if they go to the Saudi golf tour, I think that would uh, change the calculus, but I think it's half and half. I'm not sure how it would work out, but I don't think they can ban players from the U.S. Open or the British Open. Wow, fascinating. New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe the ESPN Montana app. If you're watching in, you see me holding this book. This is The uh, the Big Miss by Years Coaching Tiger Woods by Hank Haney. Uh, found this one a couple weekends ago, and I just had it in my car, so I decided to bring it in. But... Uh, it's funny, as somebody that loves sports, obviously, but also somebody that loves journalism and loves books, sometimes books like this that are sort of uh, revealing books or, or books that are heavily ste- steeped in and or just purely journalism, those are usually my favorite types of books. And uh, there's a couple books, though, that I've read in my career that just left left me jaw-dropped, just left me blown away. This book came out in 2012. I remember reading it right when it came out. And uh, I believe this was full before Tiger Woods' uh, whole life fell apart, or maybe like right leading up to when he did, when it did. But either way, uh, this is a non... Oh no, the scandal was in 2009, so th- this actually uh, recaps a lot of that too. But regardless, it's one of the more... Uh, Shocking books I've ever read just because it's not a glorification of Tiger Woods. In fact, I mean, it's called The Big Miss. It's about how good he was, how talented he was, but also how hard to deal with he was and uh, how much room left he had to grow and how a lot of his... I guess the the point is that Tiger Woods has always been one of his own biggest enemies, and so much of this is an insight to that, and it was certainly one of my uh, most shocking books I've ever read. It's right up there with Game of Shadows is one where you're just like, wow, i never forget that book. Can't put it down, you know, crank all the way through it. Do you have a book like that? A book, especially like a sports one where you just, because there's other books like this, like Meat Market, we were talking about that with Bruce Feldman the other week, and The System by Armin Katea is a really good one too, all about college football. But most of that stuff is just affirming for what you like sort of imply in your mind to be true about the scandals of college football. Whereas like when I read Game of Shadows, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so much deeper and crazier than I thought. I thought it was like little bottles of Andro in lockers, not like this international drug scandal. It's very much similar to this book, which was just, there were so many things pointing towards Tiger Woods' demise for years and years and years before it happened. And Hank Haney points out so many of those in this book. I don't think I have any that, that I feel that strongly about. I guess for me, it'd be a couple basketball books. Okay. Life on the Brink. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Season on the Brink? Season on the Season, Brink. The, the, the Bobby the Knight John book. The John Feinstein book about Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, right. In the 80s when, it was like a, when Bobby Knight was at the peak of his villainous powers. Chair throwing. <laughs> it's yeah. just going crazy. Winner, winning national championships left and right. That's an interest. That's a great basketball book. One of the... Uh, the great, ba- I mean, one of the most uh, well-recognized basketball classics ever. Yeah, and if we're talking about proximity to, uh, you know, great world-encompassing journalism stories or, or scandals or, or just interesting subjects, I think probably The Jordan Rules as well. The Jordan Rules is so sweet. Such a good book by Sam Smith. This is a great example of people of why journalism is important, writing, reading, all those things, but also the... Uh, the truth, it is uh, is certainly important. Look at us. We already talked our way all the way around the library and the golf course, and we didn't even get to some NBA uh, blindside. So we will do that next. NBA, NFL, and uh, take you home here on your Monday. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Missoula 
Center. The Summer All-Star Series of football games got underway in Montana over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In the six-man All-Star game played in Custer, Ashton Hobbs of Freud Lake caught a touchdown pass from Chance Goltz with 18 seconds left to secure a 34-28 victory for the blue team over the red team in the 26th edition of the game. Hobbs, who helped lead Freud Lake to consecutive Class C six-man championships and 24 straight wins overall, was part of the blue team featuring two of his former teammates in Connor Huff and Brent but the blue team fell down 22-0 for rallying all the way back. Hobbs scored a nine-yard touchdown in the third quarter, cut the lead to 28-26, and then caught what proved to be the game-winning score with just seconds remaining. Missoula Sentinel has more movement in its coaching ranks. After leading the Spartan boys to a third straight Class AA state championship, Craig Mettler has resigned from his position to take an administrative role at the school. Mettler led the Spartans to a total of six track and field championships, earning three each, all since 2018, on both the girls' and boys' sides. And finally, the Missoula Paddleheads snapped a four-game losing streak and jumped back into the North Division race with an 8-4 win over frontrunner Great Falls at Oregon Park Allegiance Field. Missoula has the next two days off before embarking on a road trip to Billings. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us. Coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can check out that inventory at nwmsrocks.com. Here's one for you that just popped up on the Twitter feed during the break. Oklahoma softball won 15-0 at the College World Series today. That is their 40th, count them, 40 run rule victory this season, winning by 10 runs or more and having the game called early because of the mercy rule. That is exactly two times as many as anybody else in uh, the NCAA. They are 52-2 and two right now. They're hitting 370 as a team, and they have a, a 0.81 ERA as a team. They're hitting three home runs a game and averaging 9.3 runs per outing. Slugging 730. Like, there's all sorts of stuff on the Internet saying that this might be, based on, like, the metrics, the most dominant team in, in sports right now. I mean, Certainly, right now. I mean, fifty-two and two is absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, they lost one of their games earlier today to UCLA. That's why they were playing again. They're in like a super regional, I think. So it's a, a, a double elimination. So UCLA beat them wow. earlier in the day to push them to, I think, a winner-take-all game. And uh, yeah, I guess they poked the bear a little bit. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Oklahoma softball rolling right along. Uh, let's talk some NBA. The um, Finals is back Wednesday. Game one, the Celtics won the, the fourth quarter 30-10, and they won the game going away in a very surprising upset win by the Celtics in Oakland. Game two, the Warriors came and shot the lights out, and uh, it was the third quarter that did it. They won the third quarter 35-14 and went on to a 107-88 victory. Jason Tatum, 28 points for the Celtics, but Steph Curry one-upped him with 29 points. Jordan Poole came off the bench to score 17 for Golden State. And uh, so now we're 1-1 going into Wednesday's game. So uh, we'll play a little NBA blindside here on Nuanas now. Um, 
You go first. What do you got for me? Yeah, well, I think examining the first two games, I think the thing that jumps out the most is Golden State lost the Steve Curry Super, or the Steph Curry Supernova game in Game One when right. he hit what five or six threes in the first quarter. I think he hit six, and he ended up with seven for the game. Jason Tatum didn't play well in that game. Right. Boston comes back and loses uh, a game when Jason Tatum played pretty well in Game Two. Uh, I think he hit five threes in the first half. Is this uh, is this series just going to be decided by which teams like fourth, fifth, and sixth guys hit more threes? Man, well that that is a defining factor in games often because you know the superstars either show up or they don't. But I, I do think that for I guess I'll fire a question back at you: Whose role players is it more important for that they hit shots? The, the, the Celtics. You think, I think it's the Celtics too. I think it's the Celtics because that's what their offense is built around on, and the Warrior. Jason Tatum's really good. Jalen right. Jalen Brown is also really good. Yep. Easier to take those guys away than it is to take Steph Curry away. For sure. That's just a fact, and that's what the Warriors are trying to do. I mean, that's what everybody has done in the playoffs so far. With Boston, you're going to try to trap Jason Tatum on those pick and rolls. You're going to try to make him pass out of it, and you're going to live with, you know, Grant Williams, Al Horford. Marcus Smart maybe getting an open three at the end of those couple passes. The Warriors, you can try to do that. Steph's still going to pull up from 30, or he's going to split the double team, or they're going to get Draymond rolling to the rim. I, th- I think it's just a little bit easier to take away the Celtics' stars, so I think they are a little bit more reliable uh, or a little bit more reliant on those fourth, fifth, and sixth guys. I mean, for Golden State, the guys off the bench, I think we saw it with Gary Payton the second coming back last night. They need those guys to hit shots. For sure. They need those guys more for defense and energy than anything. The Celtics need those guys to hit shots. Right. No question. Well, and part of it, too, is that the guy who has... Marcus Smart is sort of the X factor for the Celtics, and he's got the ball in his hands all the time. Like, he, he's this combo guard defensively, but he's their point guard, and, I, and he sometimes doesn't, like, get enough credit as that. And so he's, you know, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's also going to be the guy in the starting lineup that they leave open the most often. So if he hits shots... Uh, that definitely helps. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, a little NBA Finals blindside. Uh, so I have, a, I have a broad one for you. This actually doesn't have much to do with the Finals, just a player in it. Uh, the NBA, we actually haven't talked much about this, which I don't really know why, uh, but the NBA is in its 75th year. This is the 75th anniversary of the National Basketball Association, and they came out with their NBA 75 earlier this year, which was the top 75 players in the history of the league. Well, they did this when the league turned 50, and all 50 of the guys that were on the NBA 50 team were on the 75. So this was just an addition of 25 guys. The one of, if not the biggest snubs from the list was Clay Thompson. So my question for you is, does Clay Thompson to deserve to be on the NBA 75, all 75 team? Oh, interesting question. I think... The, the basically the argument is is does he deserve to be on the team more than Damian Lillard? That's right. like the greatest. That's like the biggest uh, point of contention. Yes, but he also wasn't the biggest snub. Like I don't think he deserves to be on the team over Dwight Howard, who see, was that, also see, left off. That's a, such an interesting one too. My brother and I talk about this all the time. Dwight Howard has one of the most fascinating legacies in sports because Dwight Howard was unquestionably the best player at his position for longer than almost anybody in the NBA in the modern generation besides probably LeBron James. I mean, Dwight Howard was like definitively the best center in the league for what, eight years probably in a row? Yeah, and part of that was because that position's a little bit thin. Sure. Or was during Dwight's generation. Sure, but I mean, Dwight Howard's like five-year prime is is historic. I mean, he was... Really good. I mean, he was 22 and 15 every night. I mean, he's he is absolutely... Here's, here's the best way you could say it. He's one, he's one of the great defensive players in NBA history. He's one of the great rebounders in NBA history. So I, he's absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer, so I don't really know how he doesn't make it on the, the list. And does he have an MVP? He does not have an MVP, I do not believe. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I don't think he has an MVP, because I believe that the only NBA MVP that did not make the All-75 team was Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the last two seasons. Uh, every other MVP in NBA history made the list, I believe. Maybe not Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose probably did not make this list. Derrick Rose didn't make it either. Okay, so there's two MVPs. 
here's the other thing with Dwight Howard. He's a little bit ahead of his time, man. For that sure. Magic team that they went to the finals with for sure. was about, you know, five or seven years ahead of its time because they had the, Dwight Howard. The four-round one was definitely ahead of its time. They surrounded him with the shooters, Hito Turkoglu and Rashard Lewis, sure. like guys who would be either stretch fours or three and D wings today. Yep. Like, you could definitely build a great team right now around prime Dwight Howard protecting the rim and then just rolling to the rim and sucking in the defense because you, you can't stop him and just surrounding him with a good point guard and a bunch of shooters. When, and making the, I mean, dragging a team to the finals. I mean, those Magic teams were fine. But like Dwight Howard's Magic beat LeBron James like in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals and went to the NBA Finals. Like that's, I mean, that puts you in some rare air. I guess so much of Dwight Howard's legacy is altered by the, the the second half of his career and his his fall from stardom and just how for whatever reason unlikable he became and so, and so much of it is because he didn't live up to what we like wanted him to be that's part of it but also he just I don't know there was always a missing link for him to be able to to fit in and then when you play on six teams in six years it just kind of kills you. Yeah, um, I think he salvaged his legacy a little bit with that title on the Lakers. Um, you know, he he was valuable for the Lakers when they won the title in the bubble. He filled a role there. And that's the other thing with Dwight Howard. I'm not actually sure you could consistently build a winning team around him because sure. is Dwight Howard going to be the leader of your team? Right. Uh, you know, it, is he going to be the one inspiring the guys or is he just going to be floating around, you know, checking in and out of games? Right. Um, you know... So interesting. No MVP for him, but five straight years, first team All NBA. So he also, like you said, that those teams are sort of ahead of their time. But he also, though, was like the 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 last of an era as well in the fact that he was the number one overall pick coming out of high school, yep. and the next year was the last year of the high school draftees. Uh, the here's a here's a good trivia question for you. The last high school player ever drafted was Amir Johnson, who was drafted by the Pistons 56th overall coming out of high school in 2005. Other guys, actually a ton of guys out of high school that year, all with varying degrees of success in their uh, NBA careers. Martel Webster, Andrew Bynum, Gerald Green, C.J. Miles, Ricky Sanchez, Monte Ellis, Lou Williams, Andre Blatch, and Amir Johnson all in the draft after Dwight Howard. But I do think also, though, he Dwight Howard also deserves credit for not only that that great stretch that he had, but also because he's he's the best high school big man to ever go number one out of high school and then actually like make it happen in the NBA. I mean, he he's the guy. Are we counting Moses Malone? Like, well, Moses Malone wasn't the number one overall pick though. I'm just okay. Talking, there's only a couple guys that even fit what I'm saying. You know, I mean, it's it's Kwame Brown. You know, Tyson Chandler was the number two pick out of high school. But, like, Dwight Howard could have easily been Kwame Brown. Dwight Howard was a heck of a lot better than Kwame Brown ever was. So, I don't know. Maybe he deserves more credit than than uh, a lot of the people that made the list gave him. I still think, though, to circle all the way back around at the beginning of the question, Clay Thompson should have been on this team. And I don't think it's necessarily between Clay Thompson and a guy that's playing contemporary basketball. I think they should have taken off one of the old guys from the NBA at 50 list and put Clay Thompson on there ahead of that one of those guys. They're not going to do that though, so here's the question for you. Is Clay Thompson going to be on the NBA at 100 list? I think so, yeah. I, I, I do. I do. He's not looking good right now. No, but he's... I think he's like arguably the second best shooter in NBA history and if he keeps adding numbers to that, I don't know, he's... It's Steph Curry, unquestionably the number one shooter, the best shooter in NBA history. But then, like, Clay Thompson's right there with Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and... Right, but in another 25 years, Dame Lillard and Trey Young are all going to be on that list, you know? Luka Doncic, Nikolai Jokic, Joel Embiid could be on that list. All those guys, man. Right. Uh, it's just the it's just the way that the game is going. I think Pablo Banchero will probably be on there. Uh, you're you're heavy into Banchero, <laughs> man. I love Banchero, man. I can't even say his name right, but I still love him. Do you see? Uh, do you know Austin Green? Los crossovers. Yeah, he's he's heavy on Banchero. He's tweeting about are we sure this guy shouldn't be the number one pick? And I'm like, well, who are they saying is going to go ahead of him? 
I think, Chet Holmgren? I think right now Jabari Smith is locked in is that people are saying it's the magic number one, right? Yeah. I think they're saying Jabari Smith That's is the, the kid is the, from Auburn? Yeah, is the pick there. He's a freak athlete for sure. And he's a shooter for at sure. 6'10". Interesting. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio playing a little NBA Finals blindside here uh, on your Monday, just having some fun, you know, trying to keep it light here on your rainy day. I got my golf shoes all soaked, not while I was golfing, but also I left them outside for a minute because I was just going to put them in my car, and then we had like a squall. So how do I dry my golf shoes? Text in 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And uh, tell me if you got any tricks. There was uh, some water in the shoes. I've been having a, a long day, but uh, who am I to complain? I played golf uh, this morning, so uh, and they came right into work. So, you know, can't complain. Are you into the Are you into the Jordan golf shoes? They're doing a bunch of retro Jordans as golf shoes so here's, now. Here's the thing, man. I love Jordans to put on my shelf. I don't like Jordans to wear, and that only is because they just don't look that good on me. Like the way that my lineman legs are, I just like wearing high tops. This looks funny on me. I don't know. I just it, it, it's certain pants. I guess I could like pull them off or whatever. But uh, I never. You know they make lows too. No, for sure. I and I, ha- I do have a couple pairs of Jordan lows for sure, but. Uh, I'm not into the Jordan golf shoes. No, I like uh, I like the the Under Armour spikes to get the grip really really grip it and rip it. Going for performance over style on the golf course. That's right. We will continue talking NBA Finals and uh, maybe even spice in some NFL as well. One more break for you, and we'll be back. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money. The advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I want you speaking in tongues. You know what they say about those. They come together, look what's together. You can't let them slip away. Definitely one of the uh, most definitive songs that I remember as far as a song that I heard debut on our sister station, The Trail. A little big wild for you on your Monday, sixes to nine. Shout out to the guys over there at The Trail. If you uh, or scan on the radio dial if you ever change it from ESPN. First of all, why would you do that? But second of all, if you do, just go one notch up to 103.3 The Trail. Some of the best rock music in all of Montana and anywhere, really. Those guys are awesome. Great radio guys. Great to work alongside them. And uh, love being a part of the Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are back out. I can see the sun sort of creeping through the blinds here, so maybe I'll get a little sunshine this evening. Maybe go for a little walk, uh, maybe read a book. I don't know. Uh, let's be honest. We stayed up late last night. This is actually funny. After we got done with our big golf day, we actually stayed up late last night. <laughs> this is so funny. This is such sports nerd stuff. But uh, one of the guys I was with who I'll stay with, he is a uh, huge, huge University of Montana supporter, huge Grizz fan. And uh, he just loves Grizz football, and uh, that's how we sort of got acquainted. And now we have become great friends uh, a lot through this show, which is uh, one of the great parts about about this show is that it leads you to relationships with people that are interested in what we do here, interested in the same things that we got going on. But we stayed up late last night because we watched the entire Montana versus Washington game because this is actually very interesting. We did not have this game on. Rec- we did not have this game recorded. And I was in Laramie, Wyoming, covering Montana State versus Wyoming. And Andrew Houghton was over in Seattle covering the Huskies-Grizz game. We were driving back from Laramie, so I had our good buddy Riley Corcoran on the call for the first half. And then we went and watched the second half. So I definitively remember watching all of the second half. 
But I was thinking last night, I actually had never actually rewatched the first half. So that was cool. That's what kind of got me the football fever. That and, you know, being in a car for uh, several hours with a guy that just wanted to talk football the whole time. It got me itching to talk some football here. Uh, but I watched that whole game last night, and uh, it, it was uh, it was certainly fun. <laughs> so that's all to say. Maybe my evening walk won't happen because I'll just uh, go home and, and go to sleep. Getting old, getting bad at staying up late. Uh, miss anything in today's show? You can always find it. Nuana's Now Podcast. Available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. The Nuana's Now Podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as The Advocates. Um, would you have any more about the NBA Finals? The NBA Finals continues on Wednesday, or do you want to talk about the NFL? I don't really care. Well, just real quick. Do you care about the Draymond Green discourse? Okay, so I haven't really been following this, actually, because uh, you, you know you're with a good road trip partner. It's a good conversationalist when you don't listen to music or the radio the whole time. You just talk. So I didn't uh, didn't really keep up with it. What's going on? Is there something about somebody being dirty, whatever? I will also say our round went into the finals last night, so we only watched the second half. So I watched the, the third quarter explosion. But what's what's the skinny on Draymond? Well, Draymond's just been getting early texts in these games, as Draymond does, uh, and then sort of continuing to do Draymond things. Yeah. And the uh, the refs aren't throwing him out, and he's saying, you know, of course I get different deferential treatment. You know, I, I'm a superstar. They know who I am. Uh, do you think, first of all, that there should be a, a standard between, you know, a first tech call and a second tech call? Because the second one throws you out of the game. It's like in soccer. When you're on a yellow card less likely for you to get a second yellow card because the ref knows if he does that, you're out of the game. Right. Same thing for the NBA. Do you think the standard's different? Well, for sure. And I think that... So there's always the arguments uh, over artificial intelligence infiltrating sports. This is in baseball. There's a lot of talk of it. We've already seen such a huge uh, infiltration of instant replay in football. The NBA, they are doing so many different reviews that were not a part of the game until recently. But... You know, do I think that there's different treatment for different players in the NBA? Absolutely. Do I think that certain referees and certain players have very, uh, let's say, interesting relationships? No question. Do I think it's a coincidence that guys like Scott Foster, like ref games when it's closeout games and, and the series oftentimes gets extended? Nope, don't think that's a coincidence either. All that said, do I think that all of that should be removed from the game? Absolutely not. I think it's great. I think it's a great part of the game. Like the Joey Crawford-Tim Duncan saga was one of the most entertaining parts of watching the Spurs back in the day. Right, and it's part of what makes Draymond Green so good, right? Because he knows how close to the line he can get, and he knows he can work the referees even when he has his first tech already. I For think, sure. I think the stupid part was sort of talking to the press about it. Yes. Because now he is going to have that target on his back from the rest, and they might throw him out of a game just to prove a point. He just needs to make sure that if he does get thrown out, he doesn't get suspended for the next game. Is that an automatic, though? If you get thrown out, are you automatically suspended the next game? Or is that not the case? I don't think so. Because he has gotten suspended in the finals before. I mean, that's that's the year that the Cavs beat the Warriors. That's what happened. The 3-1 collapse is getting a lot of play on, like, the Twitter and, and sports radio today because everybody remembers they were up 3-1 and then Draymond got himself suspended for game five. And, you know kind of an obvious turning point in that series. So there's just been a lot of talk about Draymond Green and dirty plays, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really care for any of it. I don't take it as seriously as something that's going to swing the series as, as something like we were talking about before, like talking about the role players making shots for Boston or even something like Gary Payton II coming back for Golden State. I guess it's just more interesting to talk about than those things. For sure. Uh, so I have one last question for you, and this actually might even be something that carries into tomorrow if we do get rolling on a little bit. But I, I do find this interesting. The NBA, one of the most fun parts about the NBA, one of the most fun parts about talking about the NBA is the history part, the legacy part, because guys can sort of impact and influence their own legacies while they're still playing in the NBA more than almost any other uh, sport. And so, you know, when a guy adds an MVP or they add a finals appearance or a ring or all that, it accentuates their legacies. There's been less discussion about putting the Warriors' current run into historical context than I thought that there would be at this point. There's certainly some discussion, but not nearly what, uh, I don't know. So I guess my question is, 
it's still to be determined when this thing all ends, but where, where, I guess, what are the Warriors playing for right now in terms of their historical context? They're already one of the greats, but, like, where do they rank in the hierarchy and how much would a championship accentuate that? Like, if they won the championship this year, they would rank where among great runs in NBA history? I don't think they change much, and I think that's why not a lot of people are talking about it. Mm, interesting. I don't think they, for instance, I don't think they jumped the 90s Bulls. Nope. I wouldn't say they jump... Uh, the 80s Lakers. This would be their third title, right? It would be their fourth title. Right. This is their sixth finals as a group, and it would be their fourth title. They won in 2015, 2017, and 2018. Man, the, the numbers are right there. The numbers would say that they would be above everybody except the 90s Bulls, the Russell Celtics, and the Spurs, like we talked about, just Spurs, in terms of total titles. They're probably right there with the Spurs, yeah. The Spurs' elongation of their run was such a huge part of it. Uh, I think that they're probably... I think that they'd be better than the 80s Celtics if they won this. 80s Celtics won two, right? I think they won three. They won three. And then the Ma- and then the Magic Johnson Lakers won five. Right. The Warriors are already clear of, like, the Pistons, though. They're already clear. Yeah, you're right. They would I, jump. The, I mean, they're over those LeBron Heat teams already. They might jump the Spurs. But are other, they ahead of the Kobe Shaq Lakers now? Whew. Those teams were just so dominant. I mean, that run where they only lost one playoff game, they just we gotta pulverized go. the league. We got to go. We'll be back at it tomorrow. It's Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio. We'll be back at it with uh, Justin Angle, some Treasure State Stars, some NBA playoffs, some regional track and field, and more. We'll see you then. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.